I told you I would have guests. Today I'm joined by my buddy, Danielle Dankenbring. Enjoy the silliness of this conversation. Welcome to Contrary Gardens. Guess who's in my dining room? Guess. Did you guess? Are you guessing? Are you taking a get? You want a hint? You're not getting a hint. But here's a voice. Hey. Okay, so you know who it is now? No? All right. Do you guys remember me talking about working at the library? Do you? Well, this gal got out. <laughs> she broke free the surly bonds of the Bradenton branch and has gone off to greener pastures. Please welcome Danielle Dankenbring. Thanks for having me. I'm just awkward, so we'll, we'll see how this goes. There'll be a lot of long pauses for sips of drink. Yeah, because you guys have probably watched Drunk History on, on um, Comedy Central. This is drunk conversation. Drunk, not a librarian. <laughs> Wait, what do you mean? Are you not a librarian? I'm not a librarian, no. No, no, no. No. Um, I come from a museum background. And so when I started working at the library and started telling people that I worked at the library, even though I told them I do marketing for the library, so you're a librarian. I'm like, no, what? Just because I work in a library doesn't mean I'm a librarian. So I would get very, I get, I get very passionate about that. As you should, because while we did not go to school, I had the same problem once in a while. Even when I told them I did the books which I did the accounting. I still do. Why was that past tense? Wishful thinking. <laughs> <laughs> no, I love the library and all my library family. Hello. So, you know, I mean, we went to school too, right? Yeah, I have a history degree. Yeah, I have one in filmmaking. So, I mean... Yeah, because, Danielle, you're one of the best artists I know. You're very talented. And she's shocked. I gave her a compliment. Danielle can draw. Yes. And she will not shut up about it. <laughs> I used to draw as a kid. I, I took art lessons when, we, when I lived up in Michigan. And then um, it was kind of like a self-taught thing. And then that eventually led into self-teaching myself graphic design. Mm-hmm. I originally went to school for marketing and decided early on that I well, not even early on, but almost all the way through it, I didn't want to do that and switched my... Wait, you didn't want to do marketing? I didn't want to do marketing. <laughs> I liked graphic design and all of the marketing business classes at my college were more geared towards sales. And I didn't really like that aspect of it. So on the side, I was taking these history classes and I was also talking to a career advisor and we were trying to creatively come up with what my path in life would be. And so one day I finally decided I was going to quit marketing track and switch to pursuing a history degree. And I walked into her office and sat down and said, well, I changed my major to history. And she went, oh, thank God, because you were miserable. See, it's so great when someone's paying attention and watching what you do and can kind of steer you in the right direction in a way that makes you the one who makes the decision. But then it's so nice when they come to you and say, you made the right decision. Yeah. But in the end, I still did marketing. But learning about and studying history, it all goes hand in hand because everything has a history and it actually 
comes in a lot with marketing, but I won't bore you with all that. But I got to use my graphic design and drawing skills to help with marketing historic sites and museums, and still doing it now. Yeah, so you took a little break and came to the library, but now you've gone to work for a big fancy city. Why don't you tell the folks where you work now, Danielle? So now I work for the City of Safety Harbor, and that's actually, that was actually my first job out of college. I worked there part-time, and then um, they didn't have any full-time opportunities at the time, so I had to leave, and then I stumbled across a full-time position. That was essentially what I did before, and I took a chance and applied, and then they offered me a job, and now I'm there. Because, you know, you guys might not know that not only is Danielle a talented artist and a marketing specialist, she's also super funny, but she likes to keep that under wrap. But I am eventually going to out her as a funny person. It's going to happen because she is funny. And um, that's enough of that. I don't want to make her uncomfortable. <laughs> and we're not going to talk about rosacea, but that is something we share. We, we do. Yes. Um, just randomly turning red. Like yeah. probably right now. You're not. If you are, it would be from alcohol, but right. you're not because you have it under control because this isn't an awkward situation. If there is anyone listening from, from the libraries, um, I just want to say, hey, I miss you. Maybe say hi when I'm not commuting three hours every day. If it's really three hours a day, I'm going to uh, ask that you maybe get a helicopter. That's crazy. Yeah, I'm, I'm considering a helicopter. I'm considering building a second or third bridge that bypasses all the shit from like here to Pinellas County because um I'm I'm really beginning to understand road rage. Road rage, road rage, which yes. is topic number one. <laughs> okay, so listen, I like to drive. Any one of my friends will tell you that if there's anything that we need to do, anywhere we need to go, blah blah blah, blah Danielle drive. Because Danielle likes to be in control and driving, and I'm a grandma when I drive. So I make sure you get there safely. I make sure I get there safely. And the drive to Safety Harbor is actually, it's not that bad. But the afternoon, like the morning's a breeze. It's great. I watch the sunrise over the bay. So it's a nice drive. It's pleasant on the mornings when you're on your way to work, Even, even in season. Not too bad, because I'm usually on the road around 6 a.m., so not too bad. But the afternoons are another story, because it can take me up to an hour and a half, two hours to get home. Holy mackerel. Now, I know people that work at the library that live very far east, and sometimes it takes them a very long time to get home, and I feel bad for them. I'm annoyed that I live six miles from the library, and it can take half an hour to 40 minutes just because of accidents or lights or people just driving the way they drive around here. But what was your most recent road rage experience that was uh, something that, that didn't end in like an accident or anything? Like what was your most recent road rage? Um, probably today because I left, I left Safety Harbor, which is very north of Nellis County, at 3.15. I hadn't even hit the Skyway by 4 p.m. So it took me about 45 minutes just to even get to the Skyway, which is usually maybe like it shouldn't take that long. So what's the quickest you think? Because I know in my life of comedy, going from like the Safe Harbor neighborhood of uh, Mulholland, no? McMullen Booth. I always want to call it Mulholland Drive. It is like the opposite of Mulholland Drive. So if you're heading for the Bayside (laughs) Bridge, 
and you're on McMullen Booth, mm-hmm. and you're around Drew Street, mm-hmm. and, which is like a turn where you yep. would get to like Spa in Safety Harbor. Look, if you're from New York, just like, you know, have a sandwich while we're doing this. Yeah. So you're doing that, and you're mm-hmm. then heading for the bridge. I want to say 20 minutes on a good day. On a good day, 20 minutes. Today, it took forever. And there was no accident. There was no... It was before rush hour, but I crawled. I didn't go more than probably 40 miles an hour between Safety Harbor and where the 22nd Street exit is on 275. It crawled. And that's, if you're familiar, it's like where the the Rays Stadium is, Tropicana Field. You know why I don't like that drive south? Because you have to bear right twice. And even if you bear right, oh, a new lane has opened up. And people are assholes. They're going to kill you with their car mm-hmm. on that road. And then in the morning, they like to get right up on your ass with their special fancy LED lights blinding you. What is that? Why is that legal? I I just think it's rude. Do you flip the rearview mirror so it I, I don't think mine does that. But I do tap on my brakes to tell them, like, back the f up that's definitely a good idea because <laughs> that'll definitely not make them angrier what are you doing uh-huh. they'll slam into you and then i wave my hands around like what are you doing <laughs> and then this one asshole one day i was driving across and then he like took his opportunity to go in this one like it's gonna end lane like this very minute like little tiny lane he oh. took that moment to like zoom around me no. and i'm like you're not going to get to where you're going any faster by being an asshole. I'm sorry if you're one of those asshole drivers, but at the end of the day, you know I'm right. Like, you yeah. know. You know. Well, then you get off, and you both go up the same exit, and you get to right. the light. And, you're and then we look at the... each other like, yeah. what the hell, man? Yeah. Your plaques at the engraving, you asshole. It's a rush. <laughs> no. you, can, you can use that. It's a good one. Yeah. Well, road rage, it's, it's something that we will not be able to escape as long as we live on this planet and drive cars, because it's not just Florida, it's everywhere. But if you're in Florida in December, and you've come down for vacation, you're part of the problem. Yeah, maybe go back. I don't know. I mean, we'd love to see you, but oh my God. I don't even know what to tell these people, but just quit driving stupid. One of my problems is that people won't admit they make a mistake. If you're in the right lane and there's four lanes and you need to make a left, we don't have to let you in. You could go straight, make a right, make another right, figure it out. My mother drove for years and never made a left. It's possible. You can do it. It just takes a little longer. But she hated lefts because her accidents happened when she made left turns. Well, I I don't like making. Well, you're an old lady when you drive. I am an old lady when I drive, and if I, ha- like, if I can, I will avoid a left-hand turn, especially if there's like more than three lanes of traffic. I'm just like, no, because I'm going to piss somebody off behind me, and I don't, I don't need that on my mind. I, get, I, get, I feel bad when I'm like taking too long just to make a right-hand turn, and they yeah. start beeping at me. Well, don't feel bad. Never feel bad on the road. No. Never feel bad, because you're no. a good driver, and the fact that you... You think you're like a grandma driver. That's actually good because that means when your friends are in the car, you consider them precious cargo. Right. And you, it's like as if a, there's a porcelain baby in the back seat. You're going to go slow and be careful. Um, my problem is I try to do that when I have people in the car, but when it's just me, I don't care. I'm, uh, I'm, in, I'm playing Mario Kart. 
I'm like, I'm trying not to shoot off into the space and get lifted up by the turtle. Look, I can't make the references I haven't played in a while. But it's basically Mario Kart when I'm alone in the car. Mm-hmm. But you're good all the time? Well, I do notice that when there's other people in the car, I'm a little bit, I'm a little more careful. But when it's just me in the car, like, you'd think I had a little sports car driving around. You do not have a sports car. Oh, I don't, no. So we're going to take a quick break. I'm here with my buddy, Danielle Dankenbring, marketing specialist at the library at a, for one time in her life. But now she is, what is your job title? Queen of the arts? Well, this is how I explain it. I'm a marketing machine because I'm good at what I do and I do it fast. I like that. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I just, I don't take no crap. Like, I know what I'm doing. I figure it out. I might overthink a little bit, but I, I'm fast. Like, that's one thing people have told me over the years. And I'm like, because I know what I'm doing. Well, that's key in any job. And I don't get insulted when people call me the money lady, because that's a very overarching description. But I handle the money. Mm -hmm. It's fine. Mm -hmm. I I don't think a lot of people, like, understand, oh, she does marketing. And it's like, well, there's a lot more involved than just, like, yeah. slapping some stuff up on social media like it and i'm gonna just throw in that here's a comparison just for me because sometimes i have to just compare things to understand them people use the word marketing and they might mean advertising promotions social media graphics sales they could mean like a million different things and that falls under the umbrella of marketing uh, i have been both a clerk an accounting clerk a bookkeeper a full charge bookkeeper, a junior accountant, a senior accountant, a fiscal analyst. It's all the same. It's not like marketing. I'm taking care of the bills and getting them paid and tracking the checking account, literally. Your world is much wider and deeper and way less understood. Mm -hmm. I may have a lot of titles, but they all mean the same thing. You have a lot of different subjects. Oh, yeah. Um, That's been like a theme throughout my career is that you have like a job title but you really do the work of like four or five different positions but then your title never really matches what you do because it's so multifaceted that you just do a lot and we're going to take a quick break and be back with the communications coordinator for safety harbor danielle dankenbring so top off your coffee we'll be right back Danielle Dankenbring, I want to thank you again for being here. Say hello to the people again so they can hear your voice. Hello. You're getting so good at that. Okay, so here's the thing. You guys probably don't know a lot about Danielle or some of you who are listening to this podcast for the first time because Danielle's on it. Well, thanks for coming by. I guess it wasn't me. Let's find out more about Danielle. Are you open to that, Danielle? Yeah, let's, let's, uh, let's chat. Okay, we're going to chat. Okay. So I really want to find out more about just Danielle in general. So could you do a real quick, um, like, I was born, I lived here, I moved here at this time. Like, could you do that for me so I can place you at different ages in different places? Sure. So I was born in uh, northern Michigan. 
lived there till I was about 10. And then in the early 2000s, we moved to Florida. We followed my mom's parents down to Florida. The Did they know you were behind them? <laughs> Pretty much. Um, my mom's parents moved to Florida, and then my parents decided, you know, we're sick of this so- snow shit, so we're going to move to Florida. Good. And we moved to um, the... Fort Myers area of Florida. So that's basically where I grew up. And I went to school at Florida Gulf Coast University in Fort Myers. And then I moved up to Clearwater to work for Safety Harbor. And I worked at a museum in St. Pete for a while. And then after that, I moved to the Keys and took a job down in Isla Mirada at a museum there. And then after a couple of years there, I moved up to Bradenton, worked at a museum there. Then I worked at the library. Yay! Right at the start of the pandemic. And Ooh. then, <laughs> and then um, now I am back in Safety Harbor. Danielle, I knew most of that, but the fact that you lived in the Keys, I kind of forgot about that. I want to hear more about that. So the Keys were... It, it was fascinating because it was a melting pot. You had people vacationing from all over the world. I met people from so many different countries. Like, I've lost track of how many people. And I worked for the History of Diving Museum. I did marketing and communications for them. And so it was the whole history of diving. So, like, anything scuba diving related from you know, holding your breath underwater to the invention of scuba with Jacques Cousteau and then to the big diving suits that they'd take. Super important question. Explain to me finally so I can understand. What the hell is the bends? The bends. So the bends is when... It's not a car? It's not a car. Okay. It's when you've, you've gone, like you're, under, you're doing your, your scuba thing. And you're at a you're at a depth. Depending on what depth you're at, you have to do a safety stop. For example, when I first learned how to scuba dive, I wasn't supposed to go this deep being a beginner diver, but I was with two experienced divers, so it happened. The bends is you you dive at a certain depth. And so for like my example with my first scuba experience, I went down to about 80, 85 feet. This is like horror movie stuff. Are you talking about 80 feet? I want to say like eight stories. So that's like crazy deep. Yes. Is it cold? I did my, they call them your checkout dives. I did them um, in January, February. I, I actually did that on over in Fort Lauderdale. Well, now you're changing your story. <laughs> so <I'm> segue. <laughs> I got uh, scuba certified when I was in college. I wasn't weighted properly, so they had to drag me down. I don't like any of this story. It's like a horror. It's like one of those like um, scuba horror movies that came out recently. Mandy Moore was in one of them. Yeah, it's unwatchable. But there's another one out, and it's like called like something like I don't know. Is it called like Forty Depths? I don't know. It's 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 bad. It's deep 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 water. It's- but that's supposed to go down there. No. So I'll spare you the, the details, but it was not the most ideal first 
scuba diving experience outside of a pool. Drag me down to 80 feet. The bends. So I was down at 80 feet for about half an hour to 40 minutes. And because I was down at 80 feet, when you get to around like that halfway point, so about 40 feet, 30 feet, you need to stop. And you have to keep yourself neutrally buoyant so that your body is re-regulating to because your your whole body is going through all these different changes with oxygen. The thing is though is if you're coming from a certain depth and you don't do that pause, for me for that time it was supposed to be like ten minutes or something. Five ten minutes naturally five floating. A few and, minutes yeah. or so, I can't remember, but 40. 40, 30 feet, you had to remain buoyant so that your body could re-regulate to coming up to pressure. If you don't do that and you just shoot up to the surface uh-huh. You get the bends because you haven't let your body re-regulate. And that's where you have to like go into like those depression chambers oh. and like it's scary shit. It's it's a big deal. So Did you have to go into a decompression chamber? I did not. I just had to flail at the surface and because I, I stopped. So here's the other scary shit thing about it is I was able to stop but because I wasn't weighted properly. I was just bobbing up there anyway. Yeah. And they kept dragging me down. And I was like, this isn't right. But I'm here now. Everything was fine. It turned out fine. It turned out fine. But it was a traumatic experience because I knew I, wasn't, I was only supposed to go to 60 feet. You were only supposed to go to 60, they got you down to 80, they got you down there by dragging you, and then on the way back up, you kept floating, and so they had to keep pulling you back in. Were you able to communicate with these people who were pulling you deeper in? Yeah, by flicking them off. Did you really? I did. Did you? Yeah. I'm so proud of you. (laughs) Yeah, I, uh, I was doing a lot of hand gestures, and I think even, like, after that experience, I had a few moments to where, like, I was flicking them off underwater because... You know, he was more experienced than I was, and I was pissed because I was not, I wasn't comfortable in situations where I couldn't see what I was doing. But yeah, they, the bends are a thing, and at this particular museum, they covered um, some different sciences behind it, decompression chambers. They had special guests come in, and then the hospital down in the Keys had a decompression chamber so that if you were diving... And you had a situation like that, you were able to get to the hospital and do a decompression chamber session so that you could regulate your body back. So this is fascinating because I'll bet a lot of amateur divers who don't really pay attention have the potential to really harm themselves. And last question about the bends, because yikes. So say you get the bends, you don't get taken care of. Is it a situation where you might have like a stroke? Is it an oxygen in your blood situation? But I think there's something with not getting enough oxygen to your brain and your oxygen levels get lessened. And then depending on what air you're on when you're doing your dive, that also contributes to the bends. So there's a lot of chemical reactions going off. So it it can end badly if you don't address the bends. So we'll get off the bends. Here's a question. (laughs) Uh, I understand that you've gone deep into the water. Have you ever done any major hiking, almost mountain climbing? Have you done that? I have. I have been to Colorado and oh, gone to yeah. Rocky Mountain National Park. So you know what it's like to feel short of breath, regular life, not just on the water. Yeah, it was fun though because you don't really realize how high up 
you are at like, you know, 14,000 feet and hydrating. And then when you have a drink or two. Yeah. And I, I know that feeling. My sister out in Colorado. And uh, when I arrived the first time, I said, Jeannie, this is my first time here. I just got off the plane. I'm already having trouble breathing. And she said, you shouldn't. You're still inside. And I said, no, it's still the same altitude. But, you know, that was just one of the fun things that she said. So you haven't uh, ever gone, like, you have a you have a desire to go climb, like, a Mount Everest? Is that a thing you would enjoy? No. Yeah, that, so we'll move on. Because, you no, know, me neither. <laughs> Why, what, a, what a bunch of schmucks. Although I love watching a movie about it. Oh, yeah. I'll watch a movie all day about it. Yeah. Love that crap. So when I asked Danielle to come on this podcast a while back when we were working together, because I have a dream of Danielle having her own podcast, and I know you guys are going to love it, and you're going to really enjoy it. And when she starts it, I'll let you know. Basically, there were a lot of different topics that Danielle could go into. And one of the things I do in my weird existence is I find something I enjoy, and then I want everybody else to do it. I kind of did it a little bit with comedy. Uh, Now I'm doing it with podcasting. I'm encouraging my friends to get into it. Danielle, if you had to be forced to tell me right now, what would be the top three things that could potentially be your podcast topics? If you are mm. theme, because I mean, if I may, Contrary Gardens is a rant. And I, at the beginning, I said, I'm not going to do politics. I'm not going to do religion. Well, friends and family and Contrary Guardians, I say whatever the hell I want on this podcast. That's one of the fun things about it. But Danielle, what would you, uh, say you started a podcast tomorrow and you had to record half an hour, what's it going to be about? What is Danielle's favorite thing to talk about? I like talking about history. Well, that's a shock because you love history. I love history. Um, I would be that person that would probably get into the history and politics and religion. It's a big deal right now. I just haven't figured out like where my angle would be with it but i really like to talk about history and putting it in context or like things that are happening now that like had a presence in history before and like how things kind of like circle back and like they it repeats itself okay so i'm gonna say we're gonna name your podcast it's not the first time this happened um i would i would probably dive into that and I, I originally had a thought, what, almost a year ago now, of starting a, a genealogy podcast. And I might bring it back. It's just, it hasn't been at the forefront of my priorities at the moment. And it was a super clever name and a super clever idea and a super clever concept. I will let you guys wait because we're not going to give it away. We don't want somebody to steal it. But it's, it's a fun idea. Okay, so now you're not allowed to do history. You're not allowed to do that thing. You have to do a podcast tomorrow. What's the topic? What do you think you could talk about for half an hour to 45 minutes every single week? What the hell are you thinking? Oh, that would be the name of it? Yeah. Yeah. Like, uh, what the hell are you thinking? Or like, what the hell? Because there's several things that happen that I just think, what the hell? We're talking about current events or people you know personally? Current events or people I know personally, like some things that have happened. The other day I started an Instagram story and then I quit it. I wanted to touch on the fact that I had been very reactionary recent, recently. And I don't know if it's like full moon or bad juju or mercury or the time of year that it is or whatever. But like, I just react to everything. Like, I was annoyed at the fact that I, it took two hours for me to get home. But I didn't post it because I felt I was whiny. 
or something. You have no patience for whiny people either. No. And just like re-listening to myself back, I was like, I don't know if I should post this. So I didn't do it. But if I could talk for half an hour about stuff, I'd probably pick a few things that had some kind of relatability to each other and just like, what the hell? And you know, it wouldn't have to be a lot of prep time because it's an opinion show. Right. right. So, and I think it would be super fun. So I think you might want to consider it. And I would love if you listeners would encourage Danielle to do that. I'm no longer on social media because I'm not equipped emotionally to handle it anymore. I'm this close to deleting it all. Are you really? Well, besides Instagram. I like Instagram. But I am this close to deleting Facebook, deleting TikTok. I think what's hard is when I do it every day for my day job and then also looking at it like personally just for my own interests and then also because of being like marketing minded you're also keeping an eye on the trends and what's you know popular and different posts you can do it's always in my face and there's times where it's like you get that imposter syndrome of like well they're doing that but I'm not that I'm just ready to get rid of it all sometimes because I think it can hinder you like even with me making a podcast I'm looking at everybody else and what they're doing and it holds me back because I'm comparing myself to them. And I think if I were to eliminate that, it would help me just kind of launch into whatever I want to do because I'm not comparing myself to everybody else. I'm going to encourage you to do just that because I would not have ever started or continued Contrary Gardens if I truly continued to believe that I wasn't as funny or talented as a lot of the other things I was listening to because there's a ton of great stuff out there. But I want to share with you that there's way more garbage. They're <laughs> garbage. Even some of them that are called influencers, they are not bringing any value to anyone's life. I'm trying to bring a giggle and a little encouragement and trying to keep people off of the ledge. Mm-hmm. And I feel like yours would be an encouragement one and also an educational. I feel like it would be super fun. So oh, I, yeah. I want to encourage you to not listen to anybody else's anything. And just start doing it. Yeah, I already, I already have the equipment because I was inspired by you starting your podcast. That's so right. I already have. I have the microphone. I've got the this this thing. I want to call it a wind guard. It's a big uh, it's a big strainer. If you had pasta and you needed a yeah. strainer, you could yeah, use it. Yeah, that thing. And I got the laptop. It's just doing it and keeping focused on being educational, fun, not me going on a rant like. I don't want I I don't mind ranting. I've been told I'm funny when I'm ranting, but like I don't You are funny. I don't want it to be like a a rant fest because I can get carried away with it and I don't I don't want to do that because I'm also trying to like also keep a lot of different things in perspective like do you really need to be upset about this right now? Like just let it go. Like Elsa, just let it go. I sometimes I can't let it go. And I'm like maybe that's it. Like I can't let this go. Maybe that's the title of the podcast. I'm smoking what you're rolling, if I may, because <laughs> I can't let anything go, and I'm a rancher, and I love it. I like to encourage other people to do it, though, because I feel like they have something to say. Their voice is unique. We need more real voices out there. We don't need a bunch of people faking it, like these influencers that kind of pretend they have something, and then they end up filling the comedy clubs and kicking the comedians out. Well, I think with, with those influencers that now are selling out these like comedy places, Sometimes I find that they're funny when you have your 30 seconds TikTok, but when you have an hour and a half to fill, 
I don't, oh, it they doesn't can't do 45 minutes. No, there's, there's someone I follow that, you know, got his start on social media and doing his little comedy bits for like a minute or 30 seconds. Yeah. But then doing a comedy show, you have to then extend that out longer. And I, it, sometimes it doesn't translate very well. The fact that Larry the Cable Guy lasted as long as he did on one freaking slogan, <laughs> it just it speaks to the stupidity of the American audience. That's right. I'm controversial. I said it. If you're a famous YouTube or Instagram or TikToker and you then become all of a sudden a performer and you tie up a comedy club when somebody like Judy Gold or Elaine Boozler or Bobby Collins or the million of other really respectable, hardworking, awesome comedians aren't able to get on that stage, get out of the way. Now, there's an exception to this rule, and it's a man who I admire greatly. And he became famous because of social media, but he'd been working for years before that. And now he's finally getting his due and filling up theaters, not comedy clubs. And that is one Randy Rainbow, who was one of my favorite people on the planet. And he's not an influencer that became famous. He's a performer that used social media to start, and now he fills theaters. And now he has a book out, a bestseller, and now he has his own podcast. So you can find whatever form you need to get your content out there on. Just don't take away from the people who were already doing something on a particular stage. Don't take their stage away. Don't do that. You've You've got online shit, and you've got other ways to get your information out don't don't take that stage away from a hard-working comic who's been driving all over and sleeping on couches for 10 years just because somebody liked the way you said a particular word in video or you went viral because you did something silly and i know that was a rant and i will now get off of my soapbox <laughs> okay to go off on a rant and that's a good place to end this conversation ranting <laughs> So glad you guys were able to listen to this episode. I hope you enjoyed it. I want to thank Danielle Denkenbring for stopping by, having some whiskey and chatting with me. Looking forward to her podcast coming out soon in the new year. I hope you guys have a great holiday with your family and friends. And don't forget to come back next year and listen to more episodes of your favorite podcast, Contrary Gardens. Hey, you got a message you want to leave me? Maybe a comment or a question? Go to the Anchor page or longislandmary.com. Leave me a message. I love you. Happy New Year. Mm